Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFQ Refugees podcast. Ted here, John here, coming at you. Let me just center myself. There we go. Much, much better. Uh, John, Ted, show, soccer, all the time. <laughs> how are you doing, John? I'm back from vacation. Clearly, my brain was fried by the beach. Listen, um, but how are you doing, my you friend? Cl- you clearly needed a break. I'm turning off my TV mm-hmm. so no one gets distracted by the HD behind me, but uh, I'm glad you had a nice... You were at the beach, right? Yes, I went to the beach. Went to Topsail, North Carolina, with a family. Uh, it was a lot of fun. had had some had a had a good time. Awesome. Enjoyed myself. Yeah, we were we, we were over here in the content mines, uh, putting out again way more episodes than anybody else wanted. So we're gonna keep on we're gonna keep on trucking. I'm gonna keep on doing that. Uh, speaking of uh, content stuff that's going on, I just wanted to share for the folks that are listening to this podcast uh on the third tuesday that we are now exclusively streaming on twitch uh twitch.tv slash rfk refugees for the folks that are watching live hi hello in the chat <laughs> uh for the people who are listening uh after the day, join us next tuesday i think we're our next monday night we're having a uh we're gonna do some cool stuff with it we're always premiering the video of our second and third or however many episodes we do in a week on twitch so you get to see that there first as always, our Patreons will get audio before everybody else. Uh, so everybody, no matter where you're at, if you're uh, if you're supporting us, you're going to get some sort of advantage. Also, if you are following us on Twitch or you're joining us right now and you want to kick us a subscription using your Amazon Prime, uh, go ahead and do that. If you don't know how to do that, uh, we will talk you through it in the chat. Producer Brian will <laughs> tell you how to do it. Uh, but it's great. It's, uh, it's uh, free for you and supports the show. So uh, we will... Just trust you'll hear this a lot. You're, this is not going to be the only time I tell you to subscribe to us using your, your Amazon Prime subscription. Anyway, yeah. we, could, we could talk about and it's, and it's uh, and it's no uh, and it's a no cost to you uh, if you have Amazon Prime, which most most of us most people have. I think I think that is a common a common thing most people have. Uh, you just go to your literally just go to your account. You connect your Amazon account, and then you go to our page, and then you click the little subscribe button, and it says whether you want to pay $6 a month. You can pay that as well if you want. You can pay that as well. You can subscribe on Twitch for $6 a month, or you can just throw your Prime in there if you've got it. You get one sub with your Prime, with or your bits. Amazon Prime. So. Or bits, which I'm sort of understanding, but not <laughs> totally. But you you throw bits at us, and that's something happens when that. Yes. Uh, so thank you if you've thrown bits at us. But yes, let's talk yes, about uh, all this crazy amount of soccer that we've had in the last The, uh, the crazy amount. Crazy amount of soccer, unbelievable amount of soccer. Sorry, John, didn't mean to interrupt you. That's okay. You can start. You can start. You can start, my friend. You jump right in. Sure. So uh, we had a. Uh, we'll start with. So there's four games we're going to talk about tonight. DC United zero zero draw against FC Cincinnati. Uh, certainly not something that, you know, I think before the week started, you would have been like, yeah, road draw to FC Cincinnati. That's acceptable. I will not be mad at that. Uh, but then a number of things happened. Uh, injuries occurred. The lineup was the lineup. Uh, lots of changes, obviously forced by injury. Eric Sorga back with the team. So if you needed any evidence of all the things, the crazy things that are going on, Eric Sorga played one game, one half of one game with Loudon, and then now is back for <laughs> for at least a month and a half as Nigel, Nigel Bertha is out for six games minimum due to a some sort of strain. I'm now forgetting some lower body extremity strain, uh, but he, he's on the injured reserve list, which... I, I swear this year we put more guys on that than I remember in the last couple of years. Uh, Brendan Heinz-Eich, you already ran it to start the season. Uh, I feel like it was one other player as well. Well, Steve, I don't know if Steve was on it, but he was he was out. But uh, yeah, so lots of lots of uh, 
the bodies they're running out of the bodies i i think yes. we're, we're closely approaching the not having fully 18 guys uh with the travel party i think we're back towards the beginning of the year we are we are we are running out of bodies and we have bodies that we thought would be back by now uh that have not returned one in edison flores i wrote a whole blog post about he should but how th- this team needs to bring him back if you want to go read it um this team needs him to be that number 10 if this team wants higher aspirations he's still he's still been listed as injured is he medically cleared to play yet have they have they dropped anything about that about whether he is actually good or whether what they what what the holdup is with him because there were talks he was going to play i think uh, all the way on july uh, 14th yeah, during he had one a of setback. the exhibition games he had a setback that week in training um he is close to recovery i believe he's in training but he's not training at 100% and they're they're inclined to not uh, push him too much now i i i, uh, I guessed it on tried and true the post game and we talked a little bit about, I, I think I took them down a, a negative road they didn't necessarily want to go down, but we talked about <laughs> Edison Flores a little bit uh, and sort of talked about the extended series of not being available in this year, which you'd have to kind of call our make or break as far as uh, what are you going to do with him long term? I think he's under contract for one more season. Um, mm-hmm. you, you wanted to have this season to understand how he fits into uh, Hernan Lozada's system, his formation, his player preferences. Uh, so uh, th- this this not being available during the stretch comes at a bad time for him, for the team, specific, especially the team, because uh, Drew Skundrich is now the in the Drew Skundrich role, which is now apparently very close to goal, uh, and not quite a 10 and not quite an 8, but he's uh, shuttling a lot more than I think anyone thought Drew Skundrich was going to be doing for us this year. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, we'll we'll see what happens with that. Hopefully, he can get back and healthy, and hopefully, he can start to contribute something, and we get to see something because we saw we've seen brief little flashes of what he can do, and we haven't seen the the full picture. So I'm I'm hopeful that you know it might just be a case of bad luck. Um, I, I don't know. We'll we'll have to wait and see. Um, let's talk about the game. Uh, FC Cincinnati, um, DC United getting a zero zero draw, a, a gutsy zero zero draw. We'll call it. Um, Moses Nyman, of course, uh, scoring a goal inside five minutes, then being ruled offside. Very, very close. Uh, makes you hate VAR, which it never existed. What? Um, and then... <laughs> <laughs> Who said that before? Uh, the, 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 those types of moments where it's... it's I, 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 have a, I have an inkling. I have, a, I have a feeling that in about three to five years, I'll say, time, that is no longer... Moses Nyman will be considered onside at that moment. Um, I think there are going to be some some changes coming to the rules. There have already been talks about changes, about uh, changing the the exact rule of what uh, is classified as offside to sort of fit into the uh, into the uh, uh, the VAR side of the game. Because let's be serious: Does Moses Nyman gain any type of advantage being that half a step? Does he really gain that much of an advantage? No, not particularly. Nope. I think here's the solution. This is my good solution to. For VAR, the referee is looking at a, a CRT television uh, in low def without the ability to go slow-mo. So the only thing he can see are really obvious things that, that should have been seen by the referee in the first place. Can't slow down time. It's got to be real time, and you only get 90 seconds to look at it. 60 seconds. 30 seconds. That's how we fix it. So that's like the, the little like the little tiny, tiny margin of stuff goes away because you can't even see it. Fix. My 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 fix to offside is is rating a like you have to have two points like two you know your head your torso your legs uh, obviously your arms don't count um, 
But if one of those, if you only have one of those kind of leaning offside, then you're onside. But if two, so if you got your foot stretched and you're sort of leaning with your head, uh, and both your head and your foot are in an offside position, I think that's how you can maybe fix it. Um, the, the talk is, I, I heard the discussion is that they're, it's like a full body length. By the way, you were wrong about the Nyman. We'll talk about the record. You were wrong about the Nyman. Nyman's just suspended for one game. Okay. There's no two game. There's no two game suspension for for a red. The disciplinary committee, if they decide to, can um, assess more games onto a onto a straight red. But um, he he is only missing one game. I am very very confident about that. Okay. Um, I almost wanted to. I almost wanted to yell at you when when I when I listened to the podcast back on that one. So, but um, okay. nine puts up a red card. <laughs> Nyman picks up a red card. I get, I get, I get serious about the laws of the game, man. You screw them up. I'm, I'm going to call you out on it. Oh, okay, they're going to call you out. Uh, so now uh, his, his wasn't the only <laughs> his, his wasn't the only goal called off for offsides. Uh, Jordi Reyna continues to live in the offside zone. I was trying, to, I was struggling to remember Mister Offside with DC United, and it's Leonard Pahoy, and I couldn't, I couldn't remember it. Mm-hmm. Could not remember it. Uh, if there's one thing that you know Jordi is doing. It is it is misreading the guys right in front of him and running offsides and turning opportunities uh, into not not ones and that's a challenge because right now he's starting at your nine uh, and he probably is going to start at your nine again on Wednesday because Ola Kamara is still dealing with concussion symptoms and you're not apparently not going to start Bolivar and you're not going to start Eric Sorga likely so uh, mm-hmm. hopefully I mean I, he, that's not his position right like he's not a nine. He's not was never intended to be one for DC United. He has been forced into it due to, again, the massive pile of bodies. But what are you going to do? He he is a player that I think it's pretty evident doesn't fit Lasada's style. He he is not the type of player that's going to fit that style. Um, Rich is on the on the line right now. Wants to mock both of us as long as he subscribes. As long as you can, <laughs> there's a there's a there's a zero mocking tolerance for non-subscribers. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, Rich. <laughs> Go ahead, okay, Rich. maybe maybe mock is a strong word. How about I feel sorry for for John's <laughs> poor betting acumen, and uh, oh going, God, yeah, <laughs> going, going for the, the big win when clearly if Acosta scores, it's very unlikely we win. So, I mean, come on, man, <laughs> you got to make your bets make sense as a gambler. Listen, I saw a two-one, Rich. I saw I felt a two-one on the road to FC Cincinnati with a bad defense, but I, clearly I was wrong. Clearly, it was very, very wrong. As a gambler, I'm going to tell you, you might want to go with the goal scorer being on the winning team in soccer. Okay. Make them match. That's a good, that's a good shout, make Rich. Them, make them match. <laughs> and, and for Ted, your interpretation of two body parts being offsides to make it clear offsides is clearly a referee point of view kind of thing. So, I, I mean, I think that what Dave, was, Dave Johnson was talking about before this daylight proposal, that's the way it was called 40 years ago when I played. You know, like when I was a kid, to be offsides, you had to be fully clear of the other player. And somewhere along the line, it's evolved into this nitpicky stuff. And I think a lot of that has to do with VAR and, and uh, the ability to see that. And I think that oh. we need to go back to clear offsides because what we want is less offsides. We want, if it's someone's getting a clear advantage then we want to cross sides. But if not, let's let some goals happen, you know, and, and make the game more exciting. And and that that is actually what they're discussing yeah. right now. Um, I, I forget who's I think I think the old uh, Arsenal coach whose whose name escapes me Arsene is like Wenger? a part of this whole. Yeah, Arsene Wenger is apparently a part of this 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 push to, to change the offside rule. That's actually what they're discussing is the full body length. 
I don't know how much I'm, I'm for that. I think that could still you're, you're going to still run into the same things. You're going to still run in, except it, maybe it'll just happen less. I think is the is the thinking behind it. But my my idea is that even if you do the full two the two full body links, or the sorry the body the full body link, you are still going to have players that are going to then cheat even more to try to get that extra jump and then you're still gonna you're still gonna run into the same I think you're still gonna run into the same problems my idea with the two with the two points is the idea that you still have players basic forwards play the same way they just there's a little more leeway given to them when they're sort of straddling that line and make that run um, I think you see a lot a lot fewer offside offside calls that way and I think you see a lot more goals that are called because it is it is getting to the point and I think MLS does it the best way they don't have the the silly little lines they draw in the Premier League um, and it, you know most calls now I think they've developed enough of a repertoire where they call it offside no one really argues with it no one's going to argue Moses wasn't offside by the interpretation he was offside but I think that's that's sort of the good way that MLS has kind of has done their VAR uh, is that they don't get really nitpicky. It's it's more the the referee has to use the eye test to determine whether it's offside or not. I want to ask one more question. I think we should just get a little tiny television. One more. Quick Go ahead, question. Rich. <laughs> um, being a, being a ref, Ted, maybe you have some insight to this. But uh, for both of you, I've always wondered why they haven't gone to two refs. You know, two two referees and then. You know, two side judges because the side judges are making a lot of effort to assist the ref. They're not always in position to call the offside. That draws them out. I mean, I've always thought with hockey went to two refs that soccer made follow suit. And I was just wondering if you guys knew some reason why they don't have two refs, one for each side of the field. I mean, so so. Yes, yeah, so that that actually also has been discussed at, at certain points. Is the idea of of two referees? Uh, I. Don't know. I don't know from a what you do have to understand about um, about FIFA and, and how things are run is they're actually very very slow to change. And I think the the reason it hasn't changed, I, I think VAR was kind of the we're going to either do VAR, or we're going to get more refs on the field. And I think the solution was well, we'll do VAR. And and um, I mean I know certain um, you know soccer associations, youth associations would not want to pay extra referees. Uh, referees might like myself, what's that? I said MLS might not want to pay extra referees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think that might be that might be certainly. I think the idea is now you have you have VAR, so now you get you give that referee sort of that extra pair of you essentially give them that extra referee. The VAR is the extra referee to sort of uh, you know identify certain calls and things like that. So um, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's something else you see change. Um, get more referees out there. Clearly, the professional game has gotten very very fast. Um, and referees are not always going to make the the right call, and it's it's an incredibly difficult job when the game is that fast. And so. also, too, if uh, I feel like there's like a referee shortage, I, there has to be based on the quality oh, referee at USL and and at NWSL. Like, I don't, they're not sending their best at those at those leagues below. So if they're pulling an additional ref uh, from those leagues to make numbers, I think that we're going to be even worse off. They're going to have a I think Ted's gonna. Ted will be uh, having to quit the show to do NWSL refereeing. I think is what's gonna happen. <laughs> no, 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 no. no, no, no. Saying, I could not. They're gonna. I could not pass the. No, here's here's the here's the way you fix it, John. You be nice to your kids' referees. Oh, never doing that. Your adult league referees. Be nice to them. Be nice to them. Yell at the professionals all you want. They're professionals. They're paid to be that way. And you pay a ticket to go to a game. That's all I'm gonna say on that one. Rich, thanks, thanks, thanks for calling in, man. Thanks, Appreciate guys. it. Yeah. All right. Uh, do we want to? 
What do we want to touch on the rest of the game? I thought I mean, Kevin Paredes played well. I thought he he again shows As he, he does. shows well. Um, he, he shows well. I do think there is a little bit lost. He is he. I think there's almost the there's almost the effect I feel that he loses when he doesn't have another offensive talent. Because when you when you have Joseph Moore out there, Joseph Moore is a very defense minded you know winger and wing back. Um, so I'm very very glad. Number one, Paul did not get injured. Yep, and he will be returning. Um, and then you have you have a good pairing with Julian Gressel. Um, you know, I'm I'm hopeful. You know, I'm, I am hopeful that Ola Kamara, uh, this concussion thing. It seemed in the press. It seemed in the, um, in the uh, from the press conference that he is fine. They they he, he like he could have played, but due to concussion the protocols, mm-hmm. the rules he has to do it. So I I would be shocked if he does not make an appearance if he does at least not not at least on the bench uh on wednesday against columbus hope he does that's 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 my thought that's my thought on that one because i mean i think uh what was it um nicholas thought remarked um about the fact that new england uh i think uh adam butska and mm-hmm. gotta give credit to uh to to ernan lasada he has like just dug into this league um and just like he watches every game i'm pretty ESPN sure he plus. watches for sure. Yeah, he 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 dives he dives into this game. But we want to talk about something. Do we think Gabriel Heinze like watched every single MLS game? Maybe Chris Armis did, but I I I have some doubts. Like you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out like what what made what has made Lasada successful. All these other coaches came in. Everybody was like, even Chris Armis. Everybody's like, Chris Armis is going to do. You know, he's a he's given a chance. Let's see how he does. Gabriel Heinze was like, oh, he's he's the return. He's the return to what the. What what the thing was, you know what? But why have they all just crashed and burned? They weren't able to get people to buy in. Uh, and Renato Sada came in playing a similar style, demanding a lot of his players. Has been relatively successful mm-hmm. and has overachieved with the talent he ha- he's had. Um, so a lot, a lot a lot of things a lot of things to talk about there. Um, yeah, I also have here that Steve got to play. Burnbaum played ninety minutes back, returning mm-hmm. after an injury scare a couple weeks ago, and a quick I think five minute cameo for Red Bulls. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, I think very, very important to have him through the stretch. We just, there was a, um, I think that, that you've got to have the, that's the center backs, uh, rotating in and out, but particularly Brendan Hines, uh, unavailable for probably much of the rest of the year. Tony Alfaro had an opportunity yep. to play again. That was good. And I think it does, it, it does not go without mentioning that Bill Hamid has another clean sheet, uh, has I two saves. I think that were probably pretty critical, um, that, that night, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I think he's seventh now all time. Still, I, like maybe two behind the next. Uh, Zach Thornton, I believe, is right in front of him. Uh, I mentioned this on Tried and True. It it continues to the challenge continues to be for him that you expect that of him, and he doesn't get the plaudits that he really deserves when he does that. Oftentimes, because it's like, yeah, that's what Bill Hamid does. He'll do that. Uh, he'll he'll make he'll make that he'll make one good save a game, and if the margin's close, that might be enough to get you a point. Um, so it happened again. This game on Wednesday is going to be very interesting. What do you, uh, mm-hmm. you, you got Columbus and then you have Montreal, CF de Club de Foot, Montreal, however many other, <laughs> I think that's the name, uh, on Sunday. So you got, you got two games here coming up. What are your thoughts about how you would approach these two games? Columbus, I thought they were doing a little bit better than they are. They're right above DC United in the table right now. Uh, but you're taking them on the road and you've got Montreal at home. How do you approach them with limited players? Um, are you are you trying to set out for a draw on the road and then try to make your bones uh, against Montreal? You try to win both. What are your what are your sort of big big picture thoughts on those? 
I mean, I think I think you have to look at the 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 Montreal games at home, right? I know the Columbus game is Correct. away, I believe. Yep. Um, so you you have you have you have it. To me, that sets it up. You play for the draw against Columbus. You try to you try to see if you can scrape a point. Um, Columbus has 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 actually not looked that good though. I, I mean, know. they have not. You know, they they have they have underachieved from where they were last season. Um, they got spanked by um, by New York City. Um, you know they're. So they have not looked, I guess, as solid as they as as they have. Um, and you're right. Many if Kamara is available. That changes that changes the calculus for Wednesday, mm-hmm. I think. Although, I mean, there weren't a lot of chances generated. The challenge, of course, in evaluating that game is the red card happening kind of early in the second, yeah. very early in the second half. So in the first half, it wasn't on, obviously. Um, so it's hard it's hard to know about chances created. Julian Gressel did not look as good as he did um, uh, in the New York game. Clearly, obviously, because he was yeah. he was I, a machine in the New York game. But I think the real question is going to be um, who who's who's going to be available. Is it going to is Paul is Paul going to be back uh, by Wednesday? Uh, apparently, he was out partying till uh, four a.m. Good for him. Um, I, I think I think he's earned he's earned a couple days. I I would hope to see him on Sunday. That's where I I'd, that's where I'd like to see him. Be great yeah, if he could make yeah. it, but I don't think it's realistic. Yeah, I think I don't think it's realistic. I, have fun. I, th- I think I think Hernan's going to be like, have fun. You won a trophy, won a championship, enjoy it. Uh, be here next week. We'll work you in. I think maybe he makes a sub appearance. I could see that. I could see him maybe making a sub. He may not travel. He may just say, you know what, we need you for um, for Saturday. Uh, you know more. That's where we're going to want to pick up points. You're more important to that regard. Um, so I think maybe they're just trying to 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 see out a point um, in this game. So that's and that's certainly right. I think we'll see. I, I apparently um, the rumor has it that Donovan Pines was not on the uh, 4 a.m. excursion. He was kind of went back to his apartment. So I wonder. If, I wonder if there. <laughs> well, I think there's a difference of. Um, uh, yeah. I think I think there's a little bit of a difference of uh, DC needs center back bodies, <laughs> and right now, um, yes, they're short on uh, on attacking bodies, but. Right, I think you're you're looking. There's a little bit of a difference there. Um, I don't know. I, think, I, I don't know that he too. was. I don't know that in in evaluating going out and parting, he was like, okay. Fair enough. Aaron would be really mad at me. I think. I think, I think <laughs> maybe he was, maybe he was. Maybe he is that. Maybe maybe he is that that nerdy. Anyway, congrats. We'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to that there in yeah. the show. Big 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 win there. Uh, let's let's pivot to a less ex- the, probably the well I don't want to say the least exciting game of the weekend because there's another one here it happened in the Olympics it wasn't very fun uh, but the Spirit uh, plays Chicago again for roughly the 300th time uh, they lose three to one away uh, the first half if you had an op- Ted do you have an opportunity to watch that one uh, a little bit okay. I was kind of keeping track of it yeah so. first half yes. was was extremely rough hard to watch uh, team looked flat and, and they then they said ahead of time. That the plan was to kick Trinity Rodman uh, and frustrate her, and it worked for the first mm-hmm. half. Uh, she had a very she had a r- very rough half. Um, apparently, she apologized to Richie at halftime for her performance. So uh, I, I had joked with Jason Anderson uh, around halftime. I was like, "This is not going to be a quiet locker room. I think Richie's going to have something to say." Uh, he actually asked post game if if that was the case, and he said no. That there there was a question about like you know working for the badge, but I didn't have to say anything. Um, but yeah, the first half was 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 sort of a surprise. Mallory Pugh scores uh, outside the box, running away from the goal, uh, shoots across her body and and rolls it into the far post. Uh, I'm, I don't know if Aubrey was a little screened or or, or what have you there, but she, uh, well, unable to make a a real good effort there. The uh, the celebration was interesting. She had worked that out. Apparently, she had been since the Challenge Cup had decided she was going to do a baseball home run uh, celebration. Bring her, bring her teammates in, 
and she got to do it. I don't know if, I believe she used to be dating Dansby Swanson of the Braves. I'm not sure if that's still going on. I don't know if that was like a nod that way or whatever it was. But uh, Mallory Pugh continues to be having a very good season, her best season in a while since before mm-hmm. since before since before she joined the spirit probably um really you know capitalizing on her on her playtime she's healthy for the first time in a long time uh but you know that's less of a concern than the rest of our team uh trinity scores a great goal a great individual goal uh she intercepts the ball most of our goals appear to turnovers in the midfield seem to be very very integral to, to goals that, that occur for the spirit uh turns over turns it over in the midfield Runs 45 yards by herself, rounds the keeper uh, with two defenders still there, uh, makes a cut back, puts the ball between them and scores. She looked very tired afterwards. I would too because she just <laughs> because she just ran past the entire Chicago team. Um, unfortunately, not enough. Once again, uh, the Spirit concede in a corner to the, to the Red Stars, just like they did at Segra. And just like last time at Segra, a red card for uh, Sam Staub. Uh, or yeah, not a red card. I'm sorry. She got a, a penalty. Was called on Sam Staub, uh, mm-hmm. which VA not VAR because there is no VAR. But re, replay, there's no VAR. <laughs> replays replays very uncharitably looking at that call. Uh, it wouldn't have mattered in the end uh, from the the total calculus of the score there. But uh, the spirit just weren't weren't there for it. The second half was a lot better. Uh, Kumi Yokoyama started the game. I think their first start the entire season. It's not been a it's not been a great season for Kumi. Called off at halftime, just was not a presence up top. Just a big departure. I remember in the Challenge Cup last year, Kumi was was one of the best players uh, for for the Spirit. Very very creative. The ball was running through uh, running through them, and now it's and now it's not the case. So uh, overall, you know, it's it's it, it was a it was a rough game. This happened certainly in a in this August is insane. Uh, mm-hmm. I think maybe five games in August, I think is something, maybe that's right. Um, but was, the great thing is it didn't really hurt them very much in the standings. I think they may have moved down one spot. The one through seven is so dense that I think that it's just, they're all moving together. It's like a giant block that doesn't really, you don't move around too much inside of it. Um, yeah, four, four games in August, by the way. So they have four games. So I guess that starting yesterday. So five games. So, so four more games to go. <laughs> and, uh, the uh, Olympians should be returning home. We can talk about that mm-hmm. there. <laughs> we'll let's switch the run down around so we get to them. We get to that second, but uh, they'll be returning home uh, pretty soon. Uh, Anna Halferty has been playing right back. She was uh, man of the match, um, woman of the match. They got to figure out a. They got a non-gender of the match, so at least I don't trip <laughs> over it. Person of the match. Uh, she's been doing really, really well. And Kelly O'Hara's absence. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't believe she'll keep her spot. Maybe Richie, maybe Richie does let her keep her spot. I don't know how. I don't know how he does the, the international returning. But the cool thing is, she will be on the show uh, this week. So if you have any questions for Anna Halfordy, mainly, uh, you know, what's it? How's <laughs> you love the Olympics, don't you? <laughs> You've gotten five starts in a row that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise. So you're a big fan of the Olympics, I bet. Uh, but she'll <laughs> be on the show. Uh, I'll be interviewing her Thursday for the show. Will come out on Friday. Yeah, and uh, so I mean, we, we, let's talk. Let's talk a little about the women's national team. Um, obviously, the game was at four a.m. Um, I you know watched maybe a little bit of the highlights. Um, obviously, there was a penalty for the for the for the Canadian goal. Uh, what do we? What do we? What do we make of this? So I guess the the real thing is not you know we may bash a little bit about how they played in the Olympics, 
Um, I watched uh, the only game I would say I watched extensively was the Netherlands game because I was at 7 a.m. and I was on vacation. So I could actually sit down, wake up. It was at, it was at a semi reasonable hour for soccer. Um, it was not, you know, so early in the morning. I sat down, watched the game. Um, and I, I guess I, I, I feel like the whole game, if you wanted to show a game about how if you are an assistant coach and you're trying to convince Vlaco that it's time to change, you show him that game. Um, because there was a player that was on an alternate. And if we were under normal Olympic rules, she would not have been allowed to play. And that was Lynn Williams. And she was the best player out there on the field for 60 minutes. Um, she rallies the team back for a goal. I, I can't remember if, if the Netherlands had scored um, at that point, and then the subs happen. Um, and when you ask Vlako about it, he's like, well, you know, I just thought they couldn't go for 120 minutes, so I subbed them at the halfway point. For 60 minutes, uh, it worked out for him. Um, he, you know, made it to penalties. But that that kind of mentality, that that kind of, I don't know, that type of thinking was was kind of questionable to me. I'm like, so you you were planning on going 120 minutes? Um, if I'm a coach and I'm I, I'm trying to win the game in in, in regular, other than the final, maybe the final, I'm thinking it's the last road. But you know, I know I got two other games I'm looking to play if we win this. I don't know if I'm thinking 120. I'm thinking 90. Um, so I, I didn't agree with that. Her the tactical decisions um, were the, the moves maybe made somewhat sense. Maybe they're trying to keep some legs fresh. You know, does it work out? Um, I thought we're finally starting to see players, uh, especially Carly Lloyd, um, Megan Rapino. I think this is a time. I, I am going to be very curious to see what happens in the upcoming friendlies. Do you give a last ride to some of these players? Or do you use this as an opportunity to bring in some new talent? Bring in some of the players like Trinity Rodman, who's playing really, really well. Do you give her a shot? Give her an opportunity. Um, you look that Mallory Pugh is having a better season. Maybe you bring her back into the fold. Uh, I mean, the, 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 this is kind of the option now. And, and I think, you know, Vlaco needs to look at this and say, we need to start thinking about, you know, the next, the next generation. Uh, we need to start thinking about the next players. Uh, you know, and, and we have there's so much talent now in this league. There's a professional league. Uh, people forget there were uh, there, there were moments uh, when U.S. soccer, U.S. women's soccer was not the cream of the crop. Um, and they won. I think they won some Olympics. Uh, they won two Olympics. But I mean, the World Cups, they had struggled. They had, you know, it was 99. They lost the home soil in 03, 07. And then, of course, you know, in, in 2011, they I mean, there was a long gap there. And we've had so, so much dominance. So much dominance for for such a long time. Um, I think people forget, and I think this needs to be seen as a notion of you need to start thinking about next World Cup because you know Mallory, you know, you, you need to start bringing some new players in. There needs to be some fresh bot, some fresh legs, um, some fresher legs, because it was very clear that you know that the the U.S. had been found out in this tournament, and no one was scared of them, and uh, they probably had one of their weaker showings, even though they made a semifinal, which is crazy. It but. is. And I don't know if you have the same thoughts on yeah, that. Yeah, I think that there are—I look at the men's national team and how how they treated sort of players that had gone past sort of their peak. Michael Bradley may never get a call in again, right? No. Uh, and he was the captain, and he was uh, he was integral to the team, and there was no sort of slow off-ramp for him. There was a switch that was flipped, and that was it, and that was all there was to it. Uh, a number of players you can think over the years that had very, very abrupt endings to their national team careers. I mean, a lot of the people involved in the Trinidad game, I think, is, is, a, way, is a way to look at it. That, that was a definitive closing. I don't think they'll do that here. 
And I think that they should. I don't think there's anything mm-hmm. wrong with saying goodbye to some of these players that have had such an impact. But I bet you that they're not going to. Either they're going to use this opportunity. I think U.S. soccer, I don't know if this is cynical. I think U.S. soccer will say, we really want to sell out these return home games or whatever the next amount of friendlies are. And we know that people come out for 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 some of these players. Uh, and we're going to keep them in. And their games are friendlies. And, and, and that's what's that's, that's important right now to... To, to make money, <laughs> so that's what, that's what I think they'll do. I, it would be better for the long term uh, health of the team to make that decisive move now, rip the bandaid off. You mm-hmm. like you said, the invincibility cloak and spell is is lifted. They're, I think on a, on a good day, they're probably still very afraid of of the women's team, the U.S. team. But now there's you know they they've been punched in the face now. So I think this is the chance you use to say, all right. We're going to reload. we got enough players. I've been talking about U.S. women's national team B that would compete in CONCACAF and probably place. I think now is the time to sort of roll that over and, and, and start fresh. But I don't, I don't think they'll do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, And I think the part of the problem is, the one again, what you have to think about is the, the, the U.S. was able, I think, in also a certain sense, to do those types of things because there's no contract, so to speak. There's the, the U.S. women's team is a club team. That uh, that pay these players have contracts. These players sign contracts. There are get players that get invited on and they still get paid. Uh, but they most of your you know players you see every week, Alex Morgan, all of them are full time with the U.S. Women's National Team. Um, that that's how it's all set up. So I think that also adds a layer to it. You know, U.S. Soccer could say, "All right, Michael, that's it. You're done. Bye." There's no contract with him. He gets called in. He gets paid when he gets called in. Yep. You know, he gets a, 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 you know, a flat fee for coming in that's negotiated between the U.S. players. But there's no set, you know, two-year contract for Michael Bradley or three-year contract. Um, so th- I think that's the other tricky part of this with, with, with the women's team um, and how they, how they handle that. SMC Ultra here makes a good point saying what tournament could they try to use out new talent, try to try out new talent. They're expected to win every tournament. I think that's, I think that's fair, but this is an opportunity now. Every, everyone having seen how this tournament went. I think that this is a natural breaking point mm-hmm. to the to the you know your point aside. I think that the contract thing is a certain complication. I think the commercial side is a complication. But if 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 soccer were the only consideration, that would be what I would do. That's what I think what you would do too, I, and try to make that move. My my hope is is that Vlaco is able to call in all the call in the Megan Rapinos, call in the the Alex Morgans. And then also maybe call in the Trinity Rodmans, the Alex Sanchez, maybe call in some of those players and get an opportunity to, to fit, fit them into the game and start to maybe begin that transition. And also use it as a, a hey, you know, hey, he, hey, uh, Megan Rapino, we're bringing in Alex Sanchez. We want to see what she can do. Uh, if you think you can beat her, go beat her. Go go prove that you can do that you can that you can play better than her if you want to keep being around. Um, give give some actual direct competition there. I believe I put. Um, the... And I think you also got the She Believes Cup. That might be that might be the better moment maybe to start looking at that transition. Although, um, although they take that year. pretty seriously, they it's mm-hmm. a you know a tournament invented, but it, they still take it pretty seriously. Ashley Sanchez, I may have put the the whammy on her talking about. I don't. I, I'm not going to assume that it was because we talked about it at length about her rolling her sleeves up, but I think for mm-hmm. the first time. <laughs> All season, and maybe in her college career, even still, she had the sleeves down in Chicago. She had them rolled down. Did not have a good game. So I don't know. I don't know if it's like a Superman's <laughs> cape situation. 
I don't know, but just just pointing that out. But that that should I think Ashley Hatch has has sort of proved herself mm-hmm. into saying you know get a call on Alex Morgan's still really producing at the NWSL level and didn't really start too many of these games. So I think you still definitely want to have. You know, she's she's still up there. I, I think there there are probably three or four players. I even think potentially one of the spirit players uh, had a pretty rough tournament. Kelly O'Hara, lots of criticism about her play, mm-hmm. um, and that may be another player that you you try to figure out what your long term solution there is at, at right wing back. But anyway, this well, is, uh, uh, I want to respond to to, to uh, SCM Ultras. Does U.S. Soccer need to change the top club team policy? Uh, it's good for everyone involved. I, I honestly don't know. It's certainly good for the for the U.S. women's team. I mean, and right now the big the big problem is, is that NWSL is not paying. They're not paying players enough to make that policy go away. I am sure U.S. Soccer would love it if they could get rid of that policy. Uh, but if if NWSL stepped up enough and was willing to step in and say we're we're going to take over, we're going to pay them more, you know, than they're going to make, um, than they're going to make. Then I think I think you could see that I think you could see that go away. Um, I think you could see that you know suddenly it becomes a stronger for them to go. Uh, I, I don't know how how soon we are to that or whether we're even close to that. Um, I think we're still a ways off from that. Um, so I, I don't think that policy is going away. I don't think the women would want that policy to go away. No. That's guaranteed income every year for them. Um, making the U.S. national team is is essentially the when you get that contract, it is it is a big deal for and players have talked about how big of a deal it is because they get a guaranteed salary every year, they get to do soccer every year. Um, you know, it's 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 guaranteed. Um, so I mean, that is that is certainly something they 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 do not want to get rid of. Um, so um, yeah, let's talk. Uh, I guess we'll we'll, well sunset that we'll, one last we'll one oh, last ahead. thing about that, and Go this ahead. is this is this goes to Rich's sort of criticism of my of my gambling. I think I may have made another bad bet. So I bet. Uh, uh, draw no draw no bet win for Australia over the over the United States in the bronze medal game. Here's my reasoning, and check my reasoning. It's a bronze medal. Americans are ex- exceedingly snotty about bronze medals. <laughs> uh, there's going to be, uh, I would imagine, a big letdown from having lost the previous game. They're going to cycle in some new players. I think uh, uh, Adriana French will get her first start. Um, and she may do better. It's entirely possible. Nair, Nair played very well, but it's possible that French has a, a good match there. Uh, what do you think? What do you think the odds are of the U.S. coming? They can either come out flat and sort of have a repeat, or they could play with abandon because they have no expectations on them anymore, and it's just sort of free play. And maybe they're maybe unleashed a little bit more. What do you think? How it's going to go? I, I, I think I think they will actually want to come out and win this game. Um, I, I don't think there'll be a a the American public, I mean, the Olympics, I think, is the one is the one sport where first, second or third kind of the second, even second and third can kind of bring on a little bit more of a um, it, it's different. It's different with the Olympics. It's different when I what I always thought third place games and World Cups, they should cancel and Gold them. Cups. And we're, we're just ridiculous. I remember the, the U.S. Panama third place game for I think that was the last year they did it for the Gold Cup was just an absolute. I mean, the, those tournaments don't need you don't need a third place game for those. The Olympics is different. The Olympics has that structure. Every single event, first, second, third, there's bronze, there's medal counts. It's different. So I, I am OK with a third place game when it comes to the Olympics. And I, and I think the U.S. should go out and try to win it. It's still 
it's still hardware. It's still silverware. Um, you know, it's still it still matters to a to a certain extent. It's disappointing. I think you wanted to win gold, right? Um, but that's I mean, why. It's, that's the only thing that I'm thinking is that it's one thing if you weren't expected to win gold and you're in the bronze medal game, mm-hmm. then you're like, hey, that's cool, fair. a medal. But now it's just like, Pfft. but you know, for my for 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 my FanDuel account, I hope I hope they don't for my uh, <laughs> for everything else, and also I hope there's no spirit injuries. Uh, Julia Rodders is uh, no. Is it Sweden against Sweden's, Canada? Sweden against Canada. So Julia so. Rotter did not make the 18 for the semifinal, but she may. So the, spirit, the Spirit's only rooting interest. So if you're a Spirit fan, uh, go Sweden. That's 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 all we've got. <laughs> uh, there's, no, there's no other reason to have a stake in the game. Go Sweden. Yes, I think we can all agree. We can all agree with that. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think it's it, it, interesting times in, in the U.S. women's camp. Uh, I, I think we're, we're entering an interesting phase of what, what's going to be, what, what's going what's gonna to happen. Uh, you know, it, rightly so, Megan Rapinoe May was like, uh, you guys are trying to sunset me too early. Stop it. You know, I'm, 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 I can still play. She still believes she can play, but a player is always going to think that. Um, I think it's up to a coach to, to make that tough call, make that tough decision. How many goals um, does she have for the rain this season? I, I haven't looked. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. gonna bet you it's not a, it's not very many. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's being with the national team. I'm, I mean, a lot of the a lot of the I think a lot of the national team players. I'm not sure it's been it's been easy considering what they've been preparing for, uh, especially with the Olympics. But um, but let's uh, let's transition to uh, happier U.S. soccer news. U.S. getting a win over Mexico, um, one nothing in the Gold Cup. Um, wow. Um, <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy game. First of all, let's talk about the field. 69 yards wide apparently doesn't meet uh, FIFA. I'm not sure. Like, I tried to look at the field. I was like, so can you extend it? Can you get to that at least, that at least get it to like FIFA, I guess, FIFA standards or uh, MLS standards? I think MLS mandates 70 yards mm-hmm. on the on the sideline. Um, so that was certainly interesting to start off the bat, that you build a billion-dollar stadium and you don't make it applicable for soccer when there is a huge Latino population that lives in your, uh, that lives in your, uh, in your state and, in, and around the area. And too, a long-term so. and a long-term aspiration for MLS, which they're obviously yes. not going to build a separate stadium, but it's going to be there. So not yep. good, not smart. Yeah. I, I don't know how you, I don't know how you fix that. It's probably, probably a tough thing to fix, but, um, but yeah, so uh, 69 yards, uh, wild game. Um, we, we had a rooting interest in Paul Riola and also a please, please, for the love of God, do not get injured. <laughs> so I had, I had to rock the, the Ariola jersey. The I'm sure he'd love to see me in this. If you ever saw a Swansea jersey with his name on it, he'd be like, but why? Why did you do it? <laughs> But I, yeah. but we, you know, had to had to had to give it up for him. Had to give it had to, had to I, wear it out. Did he actually ever wear the like this wear one? the away kit? Probably not. Did he actually ever wear the away kit? I, I think I saw him like twice appear twice. I'm not even sure he actually even wore wore the away Chat, kit. Chat, help um, us out. I, <laughs> did he ever so, play so, away for Swansea? So I, I do want to talk about from from a DC perspective. We we are DC we are DC fans. We are DC supporters. We are fans of Paul Ariola. Uh, Paul had an opportunity to put the team up uh, twice, twice. I, the second one, I, I yeah, I'm not. At least that was a beat. save. Yeah. So at least that was a save. Uh, so he had two opportunities. Um, the first one, I want to talk about the first one because that was that was he does. I think every, I don't think he does anything wrong in that sense. He puts the ball past the keeper. It hits the post. Everybody wants to talk about like it's this. It's not, I'm not going to say it's not a bad miss. But I'm gonna say it's the worst miss ever. He's trash. He's terrible. Not a Wando miss. 
it's not a it's, no. a, it's not a you know six six feet in front of goal uh, wide empty net. That's not that's not what's going on. It was he it was trying to shape a ball. It, it didn't work out. It was close. It got past like he said, past the keeper. It can hit the, past it, the keeper. Hit happens. Yeah, hits the post. Um, you know, it's I thought the keeper did well to cut down the angle. Mm-hmm. Not a bad miss. Um, I mean, he doesn't. He did not change any minds i think with his play i think he will still play a role in this national team um with the way the games are set up and greg loves him too him out there yeah greg greg likes him he does bring a certain energy and i thought he did a lot of other things that um that maybe the stat sheet um mls buzz uh doesn't isn't going to show you um i thought he brought a lot of energy he brought a lot of um that's his calling card right yeah, That's, a lot of energy. He, he he had a couple moments where he won possession back for the team, generated opportunities. Uh, he made one couple nice, really nice dribbles. I thought his performance was okay. I didn't think it was fantastic. Um, I thought he really, I thought he hustled in that last moment to give the team, you know, give a sub an opportunity to come in, fresher legs, and, and really and and sort of draw out that game, um, and 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 really keep keep the team alive in a lot of in a lot of respects. So, um, I think you know he 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 gets the captain's armband for a reason. I think you know I, I think that still is plays a role in that. So I think we'll still see him. Yeah, I think sure. we'll still see him around. So and you know also Gamer he was coming off injury. I think some other people were trying to say oh well Daryl DK man he was coming off injury too, and I'm like yeah well so was Paul. Paul pulled himself out, like sat out a game, like he was coming off an injury. So um, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that maybe didn't have an impact on on how he played and, and everything like that. So am I um, am I okay with the fact he didn't score seven goals in this tournament and uh, like uh, necessitating an emergency bid for him in the next week uh, over in Europe? I'm not mad at it. I think that I think that see the like you know DC United fans see him play and see what he does for DC United and see the same thing. And see the uh, the ability to impact the game that doesn't show up on the stat sheet, that makes the players around him better, that encourages players around him to put in the same amount of effort, uh, and that's what he did for the national team, and that's why Greg likes him. I think that there's guys who don't score all the goals, who have mm-hmm. contribute in all those other ways, and they're always get- he is <laughs> he's a better version of this, but he's Drew Scundrich to Ernan Masada. He's a guy who fits the system. It's a guy who gives him exactly what he wants, dependably, and he knows that he's he knows what to expect out of him. It's not going to be up yeah. big and down big. Down big. It's going to be right there. I, I think what 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 you have with the national team right now is you have all this all this young talent, all these young players, and I think everybody everybody when they are dogging on Paul Ariola, there is a player they think that should be in that role. Sure, and that is why and he, and he has become sort of that player. Where everybody's like, well, we can get this guy in here and he'll be better. Um, you know, I, I think everybody everybody would have been screaming at Giassi Zardes being out there, and why not Daryl DK? Daryl DK comes out, doesn't play very well. Giassi Zardes, everybody's like, okay, that that makes sense, right? <laughs> um, but everybody everybody has in their head a player that they think would fit that role better. I'm not sure if it existed on this team. Um, this was a very much a B B C team. Um, but we'll, so I mean, if you had to give a grade, let's give let's give a grade to our DC players. We got we got uh, Donovan Pines. And we got um, Paul Riola. Give Paul Riola grade A, B, C, or D. I would say B. I think uh, I think B B fits. Obviously, he was injured in one game. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the game that he had the biggest impact. Did he Did he play the the um, the second game? I'm trying to recall now. The before the or the semifinal. He he. So he he came in for like ten minutes in the first game. Sat out the second game. I think he then played the third game. And then he played the the maybe he subbed in in the quarterfinal. I know he played the semifinal. He started the semifinal, and then of course played the started the final. So um, 
So, so yeah. So I mean, I, I I'm gonna give him a C. I I don't th- I think just the fact he didn't change anybody's mind. He's the same player he always was. He didn't do anything spectacular. Uh, he gave in, put in some solid work, some solid effort. Um, I, I think everybody else is gonna write him off. I think now it's on him to to come back and have a good de- have a good MLS season and and start yep. to earn those start to earn those looks again. Um, Donovan Pines. I don't know whether we can give him. Incomplete. He had one incomplete. Yeah, he had one appearance. Um, I, I think it's and, and he it, looked. Go ahead. Sorry. He started out solid in his in his appearance and then definitely showed what he shows for DC sometimes, which is, you know, just a little bit of sloppiness, um, a little bit of uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, young player. Uh, I think a lot of a lot of people on the national media have remarked that they really didn't understand the move. I thought it was worth giving it to him. He had stepped up for DC. Um, so now he, he gets to come back. He gets that experience. He gets that. A chance to come back and and uh, slide into this team and and you know use that as an opportunity as a building block to maybe play himself into the picture again. So it is concerning um, that the fault he showed with DC is the same fault he showed there, and it's one you can't make. You can't make anywhere. You can't really make it at MLS either, but you certainly cannot make it at the international level. Uh, it's that sort of on that sort of lack of sureness uh, with the ball at your feet is just it's not good <laughs> for a center back he, I, all of the other things that he does well like they they key on you it's like it's like blood in the water toronto even mm-hmm. did it in the 7-1 game before things turned around and went completely decent its way but every time that he got the ball in the back line it was like a triple press at him because they just figured that they were going to be able to shake it loose from him I, I think for donovan pines what i what i'm seeing is when he is comfortable and he is you know because he he has ironed out most of that out of his game he still has the occasional moment but for DC, he's ironed that out a lot. I, I, I personally think. I mean, I've watched a couple games with him where he's looked great. Yep. He, and the the uh, Miami game I saw live comes to mind. He was fantastic in that game. I think when he is comfortable and he is sure of himself and he get and, and he gets that experience, you know, like he has the time in a club roster to sort of build that up, to build up that comfortableness around his players, to build up the comfortableness around the coach and the system. I think he does pretty well. When you kind of throw him into a situation, and that's what it really is about the international game is being thrown into a situation and it's sink or swim. You have a limited number of times to show. You make a mistake in, for your club team, you're probably going to get another chance. Even if, even if you get benched, you might you probably get a sub appearance, a chance to show that you can you can you know recover from that international game you're not he had one up op- he had one opportunity didn't go well and Gabriel just said okay you're gonna we're gonna push you back I've seen all I need to see um and that and that's the international game that's the international game you're gonna get very very limited appearances he was also so, injured. Yeah, incomplete he was yeah, also injured true. for some of those games and the good th- I mean for a DC perspective the good thing is that he was healthy enough to make the 18 in the final so mm-hmm. that means he's ready to rock probably Wednesday hopefully hopefully he's available yeah do you think he rolls right in for Alfaro I don't know. I don't know about Wednesday. I think maybe you see him as a sub. Maybe you see him come in off the bench. Um, maybe he starts. I think it's going to depend on what it's like when he comes back, or whether Lasada says, "No, you've been away. Let's let's give you guys a week. Don't have to travel. Let's go to practice. Let's get your get your training up, and we'll see you guys on Saturday when we need the points. Yeah, we need we need three points out of that game. Um, so uh, let's talk. I mean, just some other some other thoughts I want to rattle off. I guess about the tournament. Um, this this is I have I have been somebody. There's a lot of people out there that have been calling for for Berhalter's head. A lot of people yelling about U.S. Soccer about to be hired. I think this this tournament more than anything showed that Berhalter was the right choice. He does know. You might not agree with what he's doing, but there is a thought to what he's doing, and he is starting to grow into the job in a way I think that is really good. And the fact that he took a 
very much a a not even a B team, a a C maybe pushing on B minus team, and managed to navigate a tournament and won 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 a trophy and upset you know upset the rivals in Mexico. Um, that is not something that you know that that really and Mexico brought their A team. Mexico went all in on this tournament. You've got to say they, C team because if you look at this yeah. roster, there are MLS fans who are like, who is this guy? <laughs> like like fan like guys who like follow got men and women who follow MLS that are looking at this like who <laughs> how do yeah. so that was probably Donovan Pines for most probably who? probably yeah, probably <laughs> um, but yeah no I mean it, it was absolutely a C team and he managed to pull this team together they bent but never broke in a lot of games and they rattled off three wins no penalty shootouts and they you know managed to go out and win the game and you know yeah the mexico game was probably the game where they got the most fortunate um you know mexico couldn't finish us couldn't finish they squandered some chances uh but it matters what happens at the end mm-hmm. and they got the free kick they got the opportunity they made the most of it and you know they're the ones on the podium uh so you you got to talk about this as as we, we, we talked about, I think what we now can say is that there are going to be seesaws in this U.S.-Mexico rivalry. U.S. got the better of Mexico 2000 to 2006, we'll say. Then you saw kind of it start to shift back, and, and Mexico had a dominant period. Um, I think the key for the U.S. is going to be to continue sort of cycling the talent in. Um, and I think, you know, I think if you're asking who who left happier, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely obviously Brett Berhalter because he won. Uh, but I think also Greg Berhalter got information on certain players. Kellen Acosta is a guy you're going to definitely see. He had an excellent game. Yep. Eric Williamson too had a, had a fantastic oh. game. He was great. He really yeah. is. He I really know. is. That one hurts, yeah. right? Like that is. Yeah. That's one of those <laughs> that one ones. Stinks. That one's you're like, geez. I think. So. I, I, I wonder has anyone told has anyone told or not that like we had him like in our backyard and we let him go. <laughs> they don't. I wonder him. how. I wonder how. I wonder how upsetting upsetting that would be if he. I'm sure he knows. I'm sure someone. I'm sure he does. I'm but. sure he found out. Um, but uh, but yeah, and you talk about defensively. Miles Robinson also looked great. Uh, had a great, you know, great final. Um, Matthew Hoppy is is uh, your boy. <laughs> that 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 dude. When that dude gets older, that dude that dude is gonna uh, that that is going to be a player that people are. He is going to be the guy you're going to see in game. He's going to have some skill. He's going to pull off some things. But most of all, he's going to get in players' head. He is going to earn some red cards for the opposing team. I am fully projecting that he is going to get in somebody's head. Now it's Concacaf, and apparently, if you kick somebody in the head with your cleats, apparently that's not a red card. <laughs> Um, but that's Concacaf. <laughs> what a what a wild! That was just that was like a wild moment in that game. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, I think a great tournament for for Greg and a a second trophy, future. second trophy second against trophy. Mexico yeah. in the year. So woo! And you know, you're going into World Cup qualifying with you know, I think a good amount of data that you can pick a pick a good roster out of this, and and you know, it's going to be exciting. the The future is bright. I think this was. This was the confirmation that I think the future is bright. Everybody was, everybody was, was, woe is me. All oh, the U.S. soccer is going to be terrible, and and I think they, they this team proved them wrong. I think they proved a lot of skeptics wrong that that a team of MLS players can go in and, and do pull this off. I think I think MLS has to love this because I think it showed that th- this league is developing good talent. There is good talent in this league that can go out and and win tournaments and win trophies. And maybe it'll get some of those people who say, oh, I'll never, why do I watch MLS? It's such a bad league. Maybe, maybe it turns some heads on that. Yeah. I don't know. 
if you're if you're if you're if you're Greg, you're like, I can just grab eighteen guys. Like <laughs> I can just pick I can just mix and match from our pool. I'll just grab some dudes and go out and win tournaments. Like that that is I mean the the good news is there is that you have depth in a lot of positions. The bad news is that it makes for Greg makes selection for larger tournaments mm-hmm. a lot more complicated, right? Oh yeah. Uh, yep. good problems to have, of course, but but seriously now now if you're showing that you can you know the system is good. The way you, the way you're setting the teams out to play are are good, and then it's just a matter of which ones you pick. It makes every decision that much more. If things go wrong, say in the World Cup, mm-hmm. uh, should we get there? Knock on wood, we should get there. Uh, but uh, it makes everything a little bit more easy to to like nitpick because he's gonna every decision is gonna be. Oh, you should have put Matthew Hoppy. I don't know what you're doing. I don't. He uh, you need somebody. You need somebody to like. Uh, annoy the Belgians. You needed someone to like get in front of a short player's face and like say how tall he was. Very Matt Miazga level uh, level trolling that was going on that was going on in the Mexico game with him. So, but he, he uh, yeah. Uh, overall, your wins fantastic. The 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 guts to stay into the game. Also, thank you, thank you so much for not going to penalties. Uh, did not want to <laughs> deal with that. Did not want to uh, to stay up more. It was just great to have it end. I, <laughs> I would have felt pretty good. I actually say I would have felt pretty good about penalties with Matt Turner in there. Um, I, I don't know. I just I would have. He was solid all. Solid I just didn't day. want the stress. I think it would have, I just didn't want any of the. I just it's fine. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> all right, folks. I think that's going to do it for this episode. Um, we got two games coming up next week. Um, I am going to be doing more traveling this weekend, so it should be a lot of fun. Um, thank you all so much for listening. If you're checking it out on Twitch, make sure to subscribe on Twitch. Donate on our Patreon. You know, it all it all helps the show. It all helps us bring us content and and helps grow the show. And we're gonna be doing more with this. I think we're, we're moving to Twitch, and we, we've got some some cool ideas. I think we're gonna run through uh, things we're going to do to, uh, to 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 grow out the show and give you guys some some extra content. Um, some extra content to watch and bring in some new people as well. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, show's out Tuesday. Like I said, uh, John's going to have his his weekly interviews out. Definitely be on the lookout for that. Uh, Twitter.com, RFPRFGs. Tell people. Tell friends. Tell everybody about the show. Tell how great it is. We're even on LinkedIn, uh, by the way. LinkedIn. <laughs> We're everywhere. <laughs> We're everywhere. Everywhere. All right, y'all. We'll check you guys uh, sometime down the road. Vamos. Vamos. <laughs>